0: Father God, we can't understand this. It's so far beyond our ability to comprehend that the creator of the universe took on human flesh for one reason, to come into this sin-sick, sin-stained, sin-ruined world, to suffer rejection, to be despised and hated by men that he created, And ultimately to be nailed to a wooden cross, the very wood which he created, the very men which he created, drove the nails into his hands and feet. And as every drop of that perfect, sinless, holy blood drenched the ground of Calvary, you were accomplishing something so far beyond our ability to comprehend, O God, that we can't even express in words. So great a salvation. What is man that you are mindful of him? Who are we that you should have done this for us, O God? There was no other way, one way that we could be saved, and that was through death of a perfect, sinless sacrifice. And Lord, we stand here today in awe as we celebrate Jesus as we celebrate the empty tomb, as we celebrate his all-encompassing victory that once and for all, sin and death was conquered. God, we praise you. We bless you. We celebrate Jesus in the house today. Oh, Lord, we praise you. And now, Father, as we turn our hearts for a few moments to your word, I am trusting in your Holy Spirit. To speak to us, to minister to us today, O God. Let us not leave this place the same way we came. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts, open our eyes, and minister to each and every one of us. And we will give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen Amen. and amen. You may be seated. Lights DJ, he is risen. risen. Man, oh man, the ground began to shake. The stone was rolled away. His perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected king has rendered you defeated. That's our God. That's our God. We've been studying the past few Wednesdays about how to be more sure of our faith. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? And how can we be prepared to tell someone why we are Christians, why we believe in Jesus? I don't know if anybody else has gotten anything out of the Bible studies, but I have, and I have been so blessed and so strengthened in my faith, going back and re-examining my roots. Why do I believe what I believe? There are all kinds of beliefs, all kinds of religions, all kinds of great people that that are followed in the world. What? is it that makes following Jesus so different? And we looked last week at the reasons why we can trust the New Testament. Man, it is overwhelming. I am so tired of hearing critics and atheists say, oh, how can you believe that Bible? It's just a book. They may have added certain things along the way, and we don't even know if it's true or not. Um, Time out. History. It's about history. We have better documentation of the history of Jesus Christ than we have of any other human figure in all of history. We have better records, better documents, better everything about Jesus Christ than we do of Julius Caesar or George Washington or anybody else. And yet people still say, oh, I don't know if I can believe in that Jesus. Maybe it's just a myth. I'm sorry, friend. My Bible tells me that there were over 500 eyewitnesses who saw Jesus crucified, dead, buried, thrown into a tomb, sealed for three days, and three days later, he appeared to all of them at one time. Eyewitnesses. And all this stuff was written down. And it became our New Testament. You say, well, how can we trust, you know, what version is right? They have over 20,000 complete manuscripts of the New Testament, handwritten in the first and second centuries. So we're not following some myth here. We're talking about a man who really entered human history. His name is Jesus. He did everything the New Testament said he did, including die for your sins and rise on the third day in victory. Man, I'm excited. I am excited about my God. And when, when we hear these, these declarations of victory, death, where is your sting? Oh man. Pastor Quacey was talking about how scared he used to get of funerals and death. Well, if the truth were really told, every man, woman, and child is born with the fear of death. The Bible says that. I didn't make that up. And what Jesus did on the cross is manifold. Many, many things happened there. But one of the great things that happened is by defeating and destroying him who had the power of death, the devil, he set us free from the bondage that we had been under all of our lifetime, the Bible says. What bondage? The fear of death. Praise God, he's risen. Praise God, he's risen. You know, I have a bit of a strange message today and I want you to stick with me because you might think, "Well, this guy's lost it now when you hear the title, especially on an Easter Sunday. title of my message is, If the Dead Are Not Raised. If the dead are not raised. And I'm actually borrowing that from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul's famous resurrection chapter. And I want to begin with a couple of different portions from 1 Corinthians 15. And what I believe you're going to see here in these verses is Paul writing to the church. He wanted to show them how important this truth of Christ's resurrection is. It's not just some religious thing that we can, you know, take or leave, or maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. No, no, no. Everything centers around whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. And so Paul follows this line of of reasoning. What if he didn't rise from the dead? What if there is no resurrection period? What if the dead are not raised? And in 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to begin at verse 12, and read all the way down to verse 19. 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll start with verse 12. And I want you to notice how many times the word if is in here, and even the very phrase that I borrowed for the title of this message, if the dead are not raised. Starting at verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead... How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, there it is again, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Now, I'm going to come back to this, but let's move a little further into the chapter and read one more passage from verse 30 to 32. 1 Corinthians 15, same chapter, from verse 30 to 32. And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I die every day. I mean that, brothers. Just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I have fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? And here it is again. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. I've been going through these scriptures a lot lately. Several things have caused me to go back and ponder this point that Paul is trying to make. If the dead are not raised, then what? I made a list of seven results that we just read in these two portions of Scripture, and I want to talk briefly about them. Seven results, if indeed there is no resurrection. Number one, he said in verse 14, our preaching, in other words, our whole ministry is useless. Which means, by the way, you're in the wrong place right now you're wasting your time because you're listening to foolishness. Useless words are preaching is vain if the dead are not raised. In other words, the whole meaning of church, the whole meaning of what we're doing is lost. Number two, in the same verse, verse 14, and again in verse 17, if the dead are not raised, then he said, your faith is useless. Your faith is absolutely useless, vain, futile, worthless. You can claim to have all the faith you want. If there's no resurrection, you're wasting your time. A third result, if there is no resurrection, Paul says, then all of us, Pastor Quacy, me, T.D. Jakes, all the other preachers of the gospel, we're all false witnesses. Amplified Bible says we are misrepresenting God. In other words, we're spreading lies. We're telling people stuff that isn't really true, okay? And just a side note, over and over and over in the book of Acts, you find this phrase repeated, they were witnesses of his resurrection. Witnesses of his resurrection. This was something, as I mentioned earlier, that many people witnessed They saw it with their own eyes. They witnessed it, and because they witnessed it, they couldn't keep quiet about it. They went from town to village to city to nation, proclaiming, Christ is risen from the dead. Fourthly, if there is no resurrection, he said in verse 17, then you are still in your sins. Still in your sins. Fifth result, if there's no resurrection, all of our loved ones, all of our friends that we've already buried who were believers, trusting in Christ, singing his praises while they were alive. Paul says they're all lost. And in verse 19, I really want to come back now and look at this verse in particular, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. He says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, and that's that's really the result. If there is no resurrection, then all we've got is this life. That's all we've got. And if our only hope is 70, 80, maybe 90 or 100 years, if you're really lucky, all you can hope to do is what he says in verse 32 is eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Collect as many toys as you can. Get as rich as you can and have as much fun, pleasure. Get drunk as much as you want. Eat and eat and eat and drink and drink and drink. Get all you can because this is all there is. And sadly, that's the way most people are living their lives because they don't have a hope of resurrection. If there is no resurrection, that's all we can hope to do. Eat and drink, tomorrow we die. If only for this life, he's writing to Christians, he's talking to you and he's talking to me this afternoon. If our only hope as a believer is to get stuff Have a nice, happy, comfortable life. Get a big house and a brand new car and live it up, eat, drink, and be merry. If that's all we've got, we are to be pitied more than the unbelievers. More than the heroin addict, more than the alcoholic. We are to be pitied. That's strong language. King James says, we are of all men most miserable. And by the way, just a side note, there is no more miserable person on the face of the earth than a Christian who's lost the hope of resurrection. That's why what we're talking about today is so important. We are to be pitied more than all men. If there's no resurrection, man, what fools we are. Think about it. I'm sure you have friends and family that are probably out today playing golf, going to the mall, sleeping in late having a nice dinner right now in a restaurant, and here we are wasting our time in church singing about he's risen from the dead and it really didn't happen? What fools we are! This is the point Paul's trying to make. If the dead are not raised, then we have no hope, no hope of resurrection, all of our sufferings, whatever it is that we're going through in this life, it's all in vain. However, he doesn't end there. And if you can go to the next verse now, verse 20. Verse 20 starts with one of my favorite words in the Bible. It's the little conjunction, but. It indicates something's changing. That there's something different now that we're going to be hearing. He's been talking up until this point. If there's no resurrection, Christ didn't rise. neither will we. We're of all men most miserable. But what does verse 20 say? But... Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I love that. I love that. I've been preaching that to myself all week. But Christ has indeed been raised. Indeed. He's risen. He's risen indeed. That means for real. This isn't a myth. Historically, this happened. He really did do what the New Testament says He did. He died and He rose again three days later. Indeed, Christ has been raised from the dead. Now let's go back a little bit in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll read from verses 3 to 8. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is coming from the Apostle Paul. This is first importance. What is it? That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. He appeared, he appeared, he appeared, he showed himself so that they would know with certainty, the truth of the gospel. There's one verse in the book of Acts that I've always loved. This thing wasn't done in a corner. The the crucifixion, the resurrection, wasn't some obscure thing done in the corner. All of Jerusalem knew about it. Many, many hundreds of people witnessed his death and his resurrection. It was done publicly so that all would see and know about this great victory. You know, before the service, um, I told Mrs. Leach, she, she told me, his tomb is empty. I said, I know, I went and checked it out. She's like, really? I said, yes, I did. So, Laureen has done it. I don't know, maybe a few others. But well, we went and checked it out. I've been to the tombs of a few great people, not too many. I don't really particularly care for visiting tombs. But this was one in particular I wanted to see, because you can go inside of it. And you walk around... And you walk out, and you ain't seen no body. You ain't seen no casket, because there ain't no one in there. It's empty. Mm-hmm. Empty tomb. Strange. There isn't anyone like it anywhere in the world. His tomb is empty. And man, one of the highlights of my whole Christian life was after being inside that tomb, as we were walking up the little pathway, there was a plaque in the ground quoting Romans 1 verse 4, declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Man, I almost shot through the clouds when I saw that. Declared to be the Son of God with power by His resurrection from the dead. It's history, folks. Check it out. It's history. We're not singing and preaching about myths today. Christ has indeed risen from the dead. And man, that changes everything. Then I can go back through this list. Our preaching isn't useless. Your faith isn't useless. We are not false witnesses. We're telling you the truth. We are representing God truthfully. You are no longer in your sins if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. Any of your loved ones that died in faith, they're not lost. They're with Him. And we have hope beyond this life. Now let me talk to you a little bit here. In the last month or two, I've heard of Christian after Christian after Christian these are people that we know, good, faithful, solid Christians that are going through hell. Going through terrible trials, losses, grief, suffering, strange things going on in their lives. And you look at it and it's like, wow, this stuff doesn't even happen to sinners. And the other day, Shereen and I were in the car and I just had one of those God moments. We were talking about another One of these reports that we got of some dear Christian friends that are going through a real difficult time. And I just looked at her and I said, you know, God never said we were going to have a happy life down here. He doesn't promise that. He promises us a happy life on the other side. And it's forever. And even if we have 80, 90 years of nothing but thorns and rejections and trials and problems and sorrow and sadness, Paul sums it all up and he says, eh, it's light affliction. This light affliction isn't even worth comparing with the glory that awaits me on the other side. And so this truth of resurrection, it changes our whole perspective on life. This isn't just about religion. This is about life, how you live your life, how you view life, how you view the world. I I think I finally, after 40 years of being a follower of Christ, I've finally begun to get this thing that God doesn't promise or assure me I'm always going to be happy down here. And if you're thinking oh, I want to be happy all the time in this life. Well, if in this life only we are hoping in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. In other words, we've missed it entirely. Our focus is in the wrong place. And finally, in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, starting with verse 51, Paul says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. Now, I think you understand when he refers to sleep, he's referring to a Christian dying. Anybody here afraid to go to sleep? That's all it is. Because the, the fear of death is gone now. It's just like sleeping for a little while. And when you go to sleep, what hope do you have? You're going to wake up. And you're actually going to feel better. You're going to feel refreshed. You're going to feel revived. You're going to feel ready to go at them again after you've had your sleep. Well, the Christian's death is just a little nap. And he says, I'm going to tell you a mystery. We're not all going to even have that experience. We will not all sleep, but we all will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable, this body Christ. Therefore, this is the end of the whole chapter now in light of all this that Paul has written therefore here's the conclusion we should come to my dear brothers stand firm let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain your faith is not in vain our preaching is not in vain our living for Christ is not in vain our serving the Lord is not in vain the trials the breakings the sufferings, the difficulties, the denials of the flesh that we go through in this life. They're not in vain. There's a purpose behind it all and it will one day be rewarded. The Bible says in the last chapter in Revelation 22, he's coming and he's coming soon and his reward is with him. I don't know about you, but I like rewards. I don't want man's rewards. I want his. And man, when he comes To hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Fantastic. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Well, a lot of Christians, they want one of those mansions. I don't. In my father's house, there are many mansions, but I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, not in one of the mansions, but where I am, you can also be. Well, where is Jesus today? The Bible says He's seated on His throne. He's at the right hand of the Father. And He promises us that if we can overcome with His overcoming victory, we will one day sit in that throne with Him. Not a mansion. Sitting on His lap. Sitting with Him. Wow. What a reward. And again, this... This brings me to my conclusion. If there is no resurrection, then we might as well close up shop, go out and have a good time. Have as much fun as we can possibly have in whatever days or weeks or months we have left. Because there's no purpose to life anyway. We have no hope after we die, so we might as well have as much fun now. Sadly, as I said, that's how most people are living their lives because they don't have a revelation of Christ and they don't have this hope of resurrection and life after the grave. But those of us who do know and do understand why Jesus went to the cross, why the empty tomb, then we can go through this life serving the Lord, growing in grace, growing in faith, and keeping our eyes fixed on the prize. To be like Him, to be with Him. Christ has indeed been raised. He has been declared Son of God with power by His resurrection from the dead. In Acts chapter 1 verse 3, after He was risen from the dead, the Bible says He spent 40 more days on the earth with His disciples. And he kept visiting them, and visiting them, and visiting them. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. How many of you would have liked to have been in one of those Bible studies? The risen Christ, with the marks in his hands and his feet, with the hole in his side... Talking about the kingdom of God, no wonder these guys were willing to die for their faith. They knew this thing was real. And the Bible says in Acts 1 verse 3, he showed himself to them with many infallible proofs. People keep saying, oh, pastor, we need some proof. We need some proof so we can believe in this God of yours. He gave them. He gave abundant proof. He showed himself to hundreds and hundreds of people and proved that he was who he said he was. The lamb, we sang with the video, the lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah, the lamb has overcome. I don't have to overcome anything that he hasn't already overcome. You didn't hear me. I don't have to overcome anything that he hasn't already overcome. I just need to enter into his victory, receive his victory... And make it mine. I am right now more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Not through my own strength. Not through my own holiness or spirituality. But through Jesus Christ, I am more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror right now. And any trial, any challenge you're facing can be overcome because he's already overcome it. I don't know about you, but I want to watch that video again. And I want to send you home with victory in your heart today. I want to send you home today saying, we sing hallelujah, the lamb has overcome. And look the devil square in the eye and say, devil, I don't know what it is you want to throw at me, but he already put you under his feet. He destroyed you on the cross of Calvary. He destroyed him who had the power of death, even the devil, and he has indeed risen from the dead.